0: Girl, how long until we can talk about Paul Flores' mother?
1: Immediately, if not sooner. She's a real piece of work. Totally. She comes with props. Yeah, It's a water bottle totally. or glass.
0: She's a wallpaper in the downstairs bath lady. Real if ever. nightmare. Totally.
1: Real murder <laughs> apologist. Absolutely. And rape apologist. We don't
0: like that on this podcast she's about to find not out.
1: a fan of her. Or her son or no. her husband. No. The whole lot of them. I have no use for any of them.
0: Hi, Julia Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Fam, we are so excited to tell you so many things. Look, we're going on tour. Yes. We're going to Boston, Chicago, LA, Seattle. Not, Not in that, that order. order. The tickets are going really fast. We're doing Class Action Park. Yeah. We're already making the show. It is so crazy. It's so funny. You know you want to see it live. Please come see us live. Our live shows are bananas.
1: They're bananas. And there's a lot of stuff that you kind of need to see at oh, the Class Action Park. So you know? much
0: stuff. I'm going to reenact the kid going down the loop-de-loop and losing their teeth. I'm going to do that live. Who's
1: going to be the man in the ball in the ball? So I don't know,
0: tell these people how many wigs I wear in our live shows.
1: I don't, can't keep track. Every day there's a new <laughs> wig. Every day there's a new screenshot of look what I got today. <laughs> for Broadway, show.
0: let me just say this. The budget for costumes that I have to get approved through Steve Tipton goes up every day.
1: Yeah, and Steve was like, we have a costume budget? <laughs> he did not account for that, but here we are. Come see us live,
0: you guys. Truecrumpobsessed.com. Click on the CS Live link. Come to Obsessed Fest. Yes. You guys, it's happening in Columbus, Ohio, the weekend of September 30th, 2022. It's going to be Jillian and me and Ellen and Joey. We're going to doing a tea- Live show, an OWD live show, two other soon to be announced non Obsessed Network live shows.
1: Yeah, Robbie just confirmed she's coming.
0: The list of people who are confirmed that are coming that we haven't announced yet is pretty amazing. Yeah. It's people that are not on the network that you know are our friends, and I'm very excited. Yes. Robbie is doing a book signing for her book about Adnan Syed. She said she's going to do everything we want her to do. She's oh, coming to the drag brunch, she's I coming to the cocktail her. party, she's singing karaoke on yes. the main is stage. Is she
1: going to come to my singalong? Of course. Okay. Julian's okay. doing a Taylor Swift sing Or like at like, Paramore, We're high school Musical. So I, I'm going to curate a whole thing. Natalie's going to help me because I know she's excellent at that. It's a
0: weekend of 2,000 of your true crime best friends and us all getting together. We're all together all weekend. We're going to take all the pictures and kiss all the babies. Yeah. Don't bring your baby. Don't bring your baby. <laughs> no. And
1: that's not just me talking. No. No. <laughs> All right, girl, what are we talking about today? So, Dateline did this thing where it's two episodes in one episode. It's like two stories in one episode. They're Uh not connected at all. I don't know why they did it.
0: It's because they were both, like, very timely, and they wanted to, like, get them both out.
1: So, this one, we're doing the first half of it. It's Dateline, The Vanishing of Kristen Smart with our host, Josh Mankiewicz. Talk to me about his Twitter feed. Joshy Manks has quite... (laughs) I just, that just came out. Um, has quite a Twitter feed. He retweets people a lot. This is my official proposal. Josh, maybe you can, like, listen to our episode. And if you like it, give us a retweet. Yeah, it,
0: we, we are a big fan of The Dateline and you, Joshy Manx.
1: He's great in this. I know. Great facial really expressions. And yes. Josh <laughs> Mankowitz. Like, this has been a very Keith heavy podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Josh Mankowitz is, don't mess with him. We He's do. great. We He's love great. Him.
2: <laughs> Kristen Smart, just 19 years old, when she vanished.
3: The police are kind of like well she'll be back
2: it's every father or mother's worst fear the case was not solved that first year or the next you're missing a big piece of the puzzle through the years kristen's presence lingered in the poster on the highway on the pathways through the red brick dorms where she was last seen you've only got so many leads to follow
4: and then someone discovered a way to shake some old evidence loose. I started asking, do you remember the Kristen Smart story? There was
0: no stopping what happened next. We learn about Kristen Smart, and right at the top, her friend described her the way I'm assuming you would describe me. Yep. Tall, yep. gorgeous, legs, legs for, for days. days. <laughs> <Of course.
1: laughs> <laughs> do you think that's not highlighted? No. <laughs> legs for days.
0: The Patrick Hines story. It's the title of my forthcoming memoir. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Forward and corrections by Jillian Pencil.
0: <laughs> I am known for nothing if not my legs. Yes. Joshie
1: Meggs. 1,000%. So Kristen Smart, she's 19. She was a freshman in college when she went missing. And Josh asks, will justice finally be served? And if so, will it arrive too late? To which I say, yeah, it's always too late. If it's we're all... here, it's too if late. If
0: we're talking about justice, it is too it's late. It's
1: too late. But that's, uh, you know, let's do the work and get it done. But the answer is, yes, it's always It's too late.
0: Yeah, and we meet her brother, Matt, and like he was a sophomore in high school when she vanished. The family found out she went missing from a phone call. And by the time the family found out, she'd been missing for two days.
1: Yeah, law enforcement really screws up. And Josh Josh says as much as he's allowed to say for a (laughs) Dateline episode. He really holds it accountable, which I very much appreciate.
0: We meet family friend Carla Hoffman. Yeah. She tells us that she
1: loved seeing the world and she had been to South America and she'd been to England and she'd been to Hawaii, but she had been with people she knew and trusted.
2: She wasn't going alone.
1: No. For a 19-year-old, she was very incredibly well-traveled. Yes. And the point
0: is here, when Kristen vanished, of course, there's the idea that like maybe she went off on purpose. Maybe no. she like went off on her own. And everyone's saying like she loved to travel, she loved adventure, but she was always with people she loved and trusted. She would never just take off by herself.
1: Yeah. Can we talk about Rachel? Sure. Her Rachel, friend from Hawaii? who's great. R- what do you hate about Rachel? I don't hate anything about Rachel. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about her former job. Okay. So Rachel worked with Kristen as a camp counselor in Hawaii, which yeah. is like, what a gift. Well,
0: listen, they say that Kristen went and did that job after her senior year of high school. I was like, Kristen, after my senior year of high school, I was a short order cook. Right. One of us got to go to Hawaii. One of us had to go in a 900 degree kitchen all summer. Uh, Right.
1: And that's all fine. Okay. (laughs) My question for Rachel is Uh the following. Okay. They were responsible for the youngest kids at the sleepaway camp. And Uh Rachel says, we have the youngest kids. Some of them were six and
5: seven years old, who had never been away from their family before for even a night. So we got to deal with the homesick campers, and we had a dance every week, and the kids all wanted to dance with Kristen because she was always kind of dancing and having fun.
1: And Rachel's like, "Oh, lol, we got to deal with the kids with the homesickness." And I'm I know. like, I, wait, <laughs> wait, "Wait, wait, a sleepaway camp for six and seven year? I didn't know that was an option." I think
0: Rachel might be misremembering the this.
1: age of the kids.
0: A sleepaway camp for kids that young? A six year old? Into- <laughs> like go to Hawaii? for two weeks no 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 no, no. it's reversed
1: the kid stays home and the parents go to Hawaii for two weeks am I wrong
0: Daisy's eight there is no way I would send her to sleepaway camp that sounds crazy we did parent our children differently in the 90s I will Uh say but like to send your kids for sleepaway camp for two weeks at six that seems crazy
1: but part of me is like well if that's an option now wait a minute (laughs) no it's still not gonna happen still not gonna be a mom you said I could send it away all the time though yeah for wait starting at how young and for how long (laughs) Can we do, can it be like six months? You are correct, though. Like,
0: the kids going to Hawaii and the saying in Ohio, that seems wrong.
1: Or maybe the parents are at the Chateau. Right. Par- oh, you know, like, totally. who knows where? <laughs> because Hawaii is notoriously very expensive. Yes. So I can't imagine the, ca- anyway, I'm very, maybe six, maybe she misremembered the age, but I stopped I know. in my I know. six
0: and seven. Also, like, I remember going to sleepaway camp when I was like 10 and like, Homesickness was not a thing.
1: Or maybe the parents are in Hawaii also just not at the camp.
0: The White Lotus of it all. The
1: White... Remember White Lotus (laughs) Steve's on. Oh, my God.
0: There's one thing I remember especially about the White Lotus. I I know exactly what you're
1: talking about.
0: I follow that boy on Twitter now. (laughs) So after that summer, Kristen goes back to California and enrolls in college. She goes to Cal Poly. But I remember the joy that she had when we dropped her off at school. How excited she was to have a roommate! How excited she was for college life!
2: It was still hard for her little brother to say
0: goodbye. And it's like, so we just leave her here? It's a lot of trust that you're putting in that. Wait, we just leave her here?
1: When <laughs> like, he said it like that, I'm like, <laughs> it is kind of bizarre.
0: But did no one explain to Matt what college is? Like, you take them there and then they don't come home because they're they're adults now.
1: Right. When I was seventeen, my first couple of That months you were college. in college. Uh huh. It is weird to be like, bye. <laughs>
0: right? But like, they've got meal plans, they're provided for. Sure. As long as you paid your room and board bill,
1: like you got a place to sleep. There was something where I was There like, comes a time when you gotta move out, Jillian. One thousand <laughs> percent. But it's like a bunch of kids I know. are just that uh, is like, true. When he said yeah. it like that, I was like, Matt's not a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> right. It is I'm
0: kind not trying of a to thing. give Matt shit. You're right. But like, yes, she's not coming back with you. She's in college. Right. Now.
1: But it was also a very sweet way of being like, Oh, I love my sister. I, I don't want I So she gets to college and she goes through what they describe a time of reinvention.
2: She started going by other names like Roxy or Kiana. And amid the uniform blondness of Cal Poly, she dyed her hair brown.
0: I gotta say, the Roxy thing was, like, a big thing. I remember, like, at the exact same time, 1996, yeah. my younger sister was also going by Roxy.
1: Really? I don't know why. At Chicago, the movie didn't I even come out know. yet.
0: It was just on Broadway. <laughs> she was, like, obsessed with people calling her Roxy.
1: Interesting. Roxy was,
0: like, a big name at that point. I don't know why. It's
1: a cute name. I it's like a the very name Roxy. Name. Yeah, totally. <laughs> she dyed her hair brown. Yes. You know? Everyone's
0: blonde. She's in California. She dyed her hair brown.
1: Someone said the uniform blondness of I Cal know. Poly. I'm I am like, know. wow. <laughs> I got to
0: say, too, I remember the moment when I was in college where I'd been Pat my whole life. Yeah. Pat Hines. That's
1: so
4: crazy. I know. In
0: my, in my freshman year of college, I met my roommate, and he introduced himself as Peter, and I stuck in my hand. I said, hi, I'm Pat-trick. I'm Patrick now. I became Patrick in that moment. And you, moment. like,
1: stood in that I... Peter Pan stance. I'm Patrick. <laughs> and that's, and she, here she is, boys. Here she is, world.
0: I love being Patrick. I hated being Pat. My family still calls me Pat. Can you guys imagine? True Crime Obsessed with Jillian Pensilvalli and Pat Hines. No. And Pat at Hines. Ba-na-na. Ba-na-na. Oh, no. Oh, even saying it Maybe like that. the
1: song wouldn't even have been no. a thing if you were a Pat.
0: <laughs> Pat. Oh, oh, I hate it so much. Wow. So pretty quickly, Kristen's kind of like, my brother Matt was onto something. something. Yeah. I'm not really sure I want to be here.
1: <laughs> right. She wasn't too psyched. And so she asked her yeah. parents if she can come home and go to school more locally. And yeah. they said, finish the year. And then
6: if you want to change and come home, you can.
2: And so she stuck it out, and when Memorial Day weekend 1996 arrived near the end of that freshman year, it was time to celebrate. Kristen headed to an off-campus party. It was the last evening she'd be seen alive.
0: I'm sure the parents probably beat themselves up about that for some time, but that's exactly what I would say to Daisy. That's what I would hope anybody would say to anybody. That's
1: what like any child psychologist or any like family therapist. That's what you say. Like just yeah. hold on. And I don't know when she was saying that a couple weeks. Like of course right. the first couple weeks are, are going to be a little of rough, course. you know. So it's just it's hard. It's I just, hard.
0: Like when Daisy moves out, I want her to always feel like she has a home she can come back to. But like not right away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Daddies are turning that into a sewing room.
1: Right. Daisy sewing yeah. room.
0: Who's can sewing? You imagine. You I mean? almost said gym but even that was less believable come on. it's a bar it's, it's a straight up a cocktail i don't know why you're like keeping things from me i don't know, <laughs> I don't
1: know what that's dad, all dad
0: can you turn down the it's raining man no! i'm thinking about coming home for the weekend nope absolutely not <laughs> this is our house now you dance your dad, face off are those go-go boys in my room yes there are <laughs> yep that's it love it or leave it kid exactly she wants to come home her parents say no I think they made what should have been the right choice.
1: Uh, yeah, we don't know the conversations they had. They are yeah. caring, loving parents. I'm sure they came to this decision together because suddenly it's the end of freshman year.
0: Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend, 1996, and Kristen goes to a party.
1: And the party's off campus, remember? The
0: party is off campus. And, like, we'll get more on that party in a minute. But, like, when she doesn't come home, her dorm mates figure it out really quickly, and they call the campus cops. And somehow they don't tell us how the family and friends, like, friend Rachel's somehow
5: knows that Kristen is missing? Yeah, well, first of all, you know how the roommates discovered something bad happened. How? I did ask, did she have her credit cards and her makeup? Because Kristen always had that stuff with her no matter where she was.
2: And on the bed in her dorm room, Kristen's roommate found her purse, makeup, and keys.
5: When I found that out, I was like, okay, something happened to her because she wouldn't be anywhere without that.
1: Something's wrong.
0: And we find out how that stuff got
5: back to her room
0: yeah because we know that she went to the party and then we know that she doesn't make it back to her room but some like maybe she didn't take her stuff with her when she, she makes left. it like
1: close enough to her room yeah well I have I might have a theory okay
0: so when the family finds out that Kristen is missing two
1: days later two days
0: later her dad doesn't wait he gets in his car and drives the 250 miles to San Luis Obispo he's got to get there like he's very much me
1: a hundred thousand percent yeah So Megan Healy's here and she's been covering the case on the local news. Yeah. And she's
3: like, look. He said he was going into dumpsters.
2: Reporter Megan Healy has covered the case for NBC affiliate KSBY in San Luis Obispo.
3: He looked in every nook and cranny for her, just desperate to try and find her.
0: That went from zero to dumpsters very fast.
1: I mean, I guess it's it's two days missing. Uh-huh. They're frantic because the cops did not share this urgency. No. The cops yeah. were like, maybe she's camping. She'll be right. home. And the dad's <laughs> like, he's thinking the worst. Also, it's the campus cops. And I'm like, can someone call the real cops? No one's giving a shit at all. It's no. Days are going by. Now it's day three. And they're like, maybe we should ask some questions. And
0: I want to say that dad goes zero to dumpster very fast. But I got to say, like, based on what I do for a living, I came home last week and I could tell from down the hallway that the door to our apartment was open? Yes. I was like, don't touch anything. This is a crime scene. Yes. <laughs> They're dead in there. So three days passed before the campus police begin investigating, and they were talking to the students who had seen her last, and the cops learn about this off-campus party.
1: Through Trevor. Okay.
0: So fucking Trevor Boulder is here. i got a lot to say about Trevor.
2: Trevor Boulder was a sophomore at Cal Poly back in 1996. He told police he was at the party.
5: The night of the party, it was a very low-key Kind of boring event. What was going on? Uh, music, people were playing pool, and a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) I mean, really, it was not a wildly populated party.
1: Trevor's a party goer. (laughs) Trevor (laughs) wants us to know that it was a real shitty party. He goes, it was a real boring (laughs) event.
0: What do you think Trevor does for a living now?
1: Something in tech. Totally. I, IT. Yeah. I
0: also don't know how much of his story I believe, if I'm being honest. Well,
1: because he really <laughs> wants you to believe it. So totally. he emotes a lot in this. Yes, and, and no, he and makes it,
0: himself the center of the story about this girl who's been missing for 25 years.
1: So as the story goes, he's telling this to Josh Mankowitz. And this is when <laughs> Josh gives a lot of good reactions, oh, like silent reactions. Yeah. <laughs> because Trevor is like...
5: This very tall, very attractive girl wearing shorts and a t-shirt walks up to me and says, hi, I'm Roxy. Okay? And I go, hi.
1: And then he pauses and he goes, okay. <laughs> like, he really wants us to follow along. So he adds, okay, Josh. Uh-huh, and Josh uh-huh. is like, I'm Josh Mankiewicz. I'm following along, Trevor. Exactly, exactly. It's not about you, by the way. He
5: says... She leans in and she kisses me. Like, full-on kisses me.
2: He didn't know it, but that was Kristen Smart, the newly minted adult, calling
5: herself Roxy. You've never met her before? Never met her before in my life. Okay. She grabs my hand and she takes me to the bathroom. Okay, so my head's spinning a little bit because, you know, I'm 20 and I'm like, okay, this beautiful girl has kissed me and she's pulling me into the bathroom. What's going on here?
1: He says, full on yes. kisses me. They've never met.
5: He means with tongue. Right. He wants us to know that this gorgeous girl is making out
0: with him.
1: Making out. And then, again, they've never met. So he's yeah. like, what? I and know. then she, gra- according to Trevor. According to Trevor. He's telling this to Josh, who probably doesn't believe him that much either. And
0: also, I just want to say he's credited as someone who told the police he was at the party. Oh. Daylight is not saying Trevor, whatever his name is, who was definitely who, who was there. 1000% this is Trevor, there. who told the cops he was at the party. But
1: Trevor also has valuable information later, so I kind of need him to be at the I party. <laughs> <laughs> I need him to be there. <laughs> We also
0: see a picture of Trevor from back in the day, nerd for Jesus. I would have been totally into him. Yeah. But like, I can understand why none of his friends from home believe this girl ever kissed him.
1: Right. And now it's on the record with oh, Dateline. Yeah. So it's happening now. I know. Chad?
0: But it's also like, if that was a lie that he made up back in the day, now he's going to really stick to it. Yeah. You and, know? And he is. And he does. To Josh
1: Mankiewicz's face. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this beautiful girl walks that they've never met, total stranger starts making out with him then yeah. she grabs his hand and leads him to the bathroom what
0: I don't believe it this is not a thing that people do I just don't believe it
1: and then especially yeah because then the minute they're in the bathroom the mood totally changes uh-huh. according to trevor she's looking in the mirror she's doing her makeup and she just keeps asking do you think i'm ugly do you think i'm ugly yeah. and he's like girl no you're gorgeous you are way out of my league yeah exactly like is this a dream <laughs> and then she kicks him right out of the bathroom yeah. she kicks him out and then trevor is suddenly being screamed at by another person he's never met some guy what'd you do in the bathroom with her <laughs> Trevor Trevor tells Josh Mankiewicz and us. And I was like, oh, God,
5: is that her boyfriend? I'm like, what if I got myself into, you know, I'm like, I, like my head's spinning. And I go, nothing, man, absolutely nothing. And then he goes, oh, laughs. He goes, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, you're some dorky kid.
1: Then he calls the guy a dork. What? And he's like, and that was that. And I went back I to my friends, but I still kept an eye on Roxy. So you're telling me this gorgeous girl comes up to you, starts making out drags you into the bathroom, starts asking if she's pretty, kicks her out.
0: I know. And then
1: just like doesn't talk to you for the rest of the night. And
0: also you're like, I'm such a good guy. I kept an eye on her because she seemed like she was kind of fucked up. How'd that wind up, Trevor? When'd you drop the ball, girl? Right,
1: because then cut to Kristen being totally hammered and passed out outside on the lawn of the house. Now, what no
0: one is saying here is that it sounds to me like she was
1: drugged. 100%. Because
0: Trevor is like, I didn't see her drink anything, but she sounds like she was on something. No one ever says, Kristen, it looks like she was slipped some sort of roofie. Right. Because she is face fucking down on the front yard. Right. She does not seem to me like, look, I've been face down in the front yard a handful of times. Uh-huh. I'm not judging anybody for whom that is true, but Kristen doesn't seem like that's what she would be doing at this party.
1: Right. And she was so hammered or fucked up or whatever that people were offering to walk her home. So yeah. at one point, a young woman and a freshman boy yeah. say, like, let me walk you home. Because the freshman boy is like, oh, I know who she is. I live right near her. Right. And he assured this woman that he would get Kristen the rest of the way home. They
0: get basically back to the dorm, and he's like, my dorm is right there, hers is right there, I'm going to get her home, don't worry about it. And the young woman says, okay? They're like
1: feet away, apparently
3: like right at her, the front door of her dorm, and it's like, okay, bye. And in her mind, she said, you know, to herself, that she didn't think anything bad was going to happen.
2: They split off here, just a few steps to Kristen's dorm. She apparently never arrived there. So now investigators had a whole lot of questions for that last person to see Kristen Smart alive.
0: We get the sense that the young woman and the young man who were walking her home don't know each each other. How do you feel about this decision?
1: I feel like she was probably drunk too. Uh-huh. I feel like I don't know what else the boy said to her to convince her. Maybe it's like, oh, I'm her boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, I'm
0: this. I don't know. It's only through stories like this that we know never to let this happen, no matter how normal the guy seems. But
1: then, like, when it comes down to it, the guy's the bad guy. Right, of course. You know? like, yeah, it I'm not sucks.
0: blaming this young woman, but it is just like, oh, man. Yeah. It sucks. Like, yeah, bad, 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 bad. So, like, this young girl walks away, and this young guy who we're going to learn is Paul Flores is left alone with Kristen Smart, and no one ever sees her again.
1: Exactly. Like, on the doorsteps of her dorm. That's it. She was so close to being home. And I'm
0: like, Cal Poly, you're a fucking technical school. Where are the fucking cameras? (laughs) In
1: 1996. I mean, were cameras not a thing? Maybe not security cameras for dorms? I don't know. Uh, Where are the
0: fucking cameras, everybody?
1: And can they work? I (laughs) Can you be recording? Can we have an archive of the stuff that was recorded, please?
0: So, again, we learned this kid's name is Paul Flores. He's the last person to see her alive. And now we meet the sheriff, Ian Parkinson. Yeah, He was a local cop at the time that Kristen went missing, but now, like 25 years later, he's the sheriff. They say like, we learned that Paul was the last person to see her alive. Obviously, he's like a major person of interest.
1: Yeah, so he's a freshman He's majoring in food science. And Paul apparently was the guy who yelled at Trevor at the party exactly. saying, what what, what'd you do with her in the bathroom?
0: And let me just say this. People come out of the woodwork to describe Paul. Those who
2: knew him described Paul as awkward, a loner. He was a freshman majoring in food science. And he was at the party Friday night.
0: Be nice to people because the people you're fucking mean to will talk to the documentary. Oh, always. They will talk to the documentary. And
1: everyone hates Paul.
2: Remember the guy Trevor had seen while exiting the bathroom? The one he assumed was Kristen's boyfriend?
5: And when I finally saw a picture of Paul Flores, that was the guy who came up to me outside of the bathroom with this, like, sense of ownership over Kristen. So I know that for a fact.
1: Trevor wants us to know that Paul had a real sense of ownership over Kristen. And that's why he was yelling at Trevor. Like, what'd you do? Like, she's mine or I'm with her or whatever Paul was inventing. Paul at the party
0: was like, I didn't just like roofie this girl so you could have your way with her.
1: Uh, Oh, barf. That's so barfy,
0: but that's what he's fucking saying. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: like staking his claim. Oh, I
0: wasted my roofie on this girl now. Let me tell you. I know. Uh,
1: (laughs) know. So the cops talk to Paul. They notice he has one. A black eye. And yes. two, scratches on his hands and knees. Yeah.
0: So put a pin in that. We'll get back to that in a second, because now we got to meet podcaster Chris Lambert. Chris
1: Lambert. Local guy, Chris Lambert.
2: Chris was a recording engineer. He'd never investigated any crime, and he wasn't a friend of the Smart family. Even so, Chris felt a personal connection to the case.
4: It happened in my own backyard, which is why I named the podcast Your Own Backyard. So Chris Lambert makes a podcast called Your Own Backyard, which is
0: the reason we're here.
4: Dateline is covering this case because of all the
0: shit that Chris uncovered. Chris is not a podcaster. He was like an audio guy who really cared about this case because it happened in his own backyard. That's why he named the podcast My Own Backyard. I was in communication with him when this podcast was happening because I just was like, I was reaching out being like, you're new here and your show is doing really great. Like, what can we do? How can we help? Yeah, yeah. He just did the Lord's work. And Chris Lambert is like the living example of what podcasts can be. He did not make a podcast to get rich famous, he made a podcast to fucking solve a murder, and he did it. And
1: he also had never investigated anything no. before. He had no experience investigating He never, investigating been a and like, never did a podcast before. And then he did two things yeah. really I'm so well. proud of him.
0: Like, it, is, it really <laughs> yeah, Chris, is like, it, it's so fucking cool. And when you're like a podcaster, this is the dream. You do something good, and then it solves a case. You get on TV. Yeah, bada bing,
1: bada boom, you're sitting Chris, there you with Josh it. Mankiewicz. Exactly. Changing <laughs> the world. So Chris has a lot of great information. So yeah. Because a lot of people reach out to Chris too and say, wait a second, like I have things to say about this. And let
0: me just remind you, when you're a fucking asshole to people, they will always take the podcaster's call every fucking every time. Every time.
1: Or call the podcaster themselves. Exactly. Everybody hated <laughs> Paul. If I knew this guy, I would be on the phone with anyone who'd have me. I mean this guy is the
0: literal definition of the guy you always need to know where he is in
1: the 100%. bar. Oh, like
0: he's like embodies it a hundred
4: percent.
1: Right. And also he's just one of those guys he's just a liar and a piece of shit.
4: While talking with Paul Flores, investigators noticed something. He has a black eye and he's got scratches on his hands and knees.
1: What does Paul say about the black eye? I don't know. He has a few different explanations, actually.
4: That's what Chris
0: says. Chris like, well, it depends on when you ask him, which is kind of amazing.
4: First, Paul Flores says that he got elbowed during a game of basketball that took place on that Monday. Then the police interview the people he was playing basketball with. And they say that he arrived to that game with that black eye. And he told all of them that he just woke up with it and didn't know how he got it.
0: And they're like, that bitch showed up with that black eye. Nobody uh, nobody elbowed that bitch in the eye. Right. We'd like to.
1: Right. We hate him. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about
0: that food science yeah, guy that barges into our basketball game sometimes? Food science
1: is great unless you're Paul Flores. <laughs> totally. But he tells the basketball guys, oh, I woke up with this black eye and I have no idea where I got it. Are we at the preppy murders again? Men, Come on. when your fucking male
0: friends tell you they woke up with the black eye and the scratches all over ask their faces. A follow-up. Ask a fucking follow up, Men. One follow-up. God damn, be better. Okay, you woke up with a black eye and scratches on your face. Yeah,
1: that's what happens when people are the worst because no one wants to even deal with them or interact with them in any way. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, they're yeah. just like, I don't even want to talk to him. Fuck totally. that guy. I'm, gl- I'm happy as a black I'm
0: like, these guys were always pissed when Paul showed up to play back. Oh, that fucking weirdo's uh- back. We got a lot of play <laughs> <I> with <was> like- <laughs> Is he, what does he, travel a lot or yeah. whatever? Is that a basketball word? Absolutely. A double dribble? Did he do a double dribble?
1: Look at you! <laughs> Reggie Miller, are you still listening? Are you proud? <laughs> He did a double dribble. Look at him. That's a bad thing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Traveling a double dribble. No, traveling's a bad thing. A double dribble sounds hard. That's bad? Yes. Okay. I don't know if it's foul worthy, but okay. it's bad. You can't do that. Okay. Well, now I know. Because when you, when you stop, you have to shoot. Aha. Uh-huh. So a double dribble <laughs> is when you're dribbling, and then uh-huh. you stop, and then when you're there, you either have to pass or shoot. You can't just start dribbling again. Oh, that's, that's, that's a double the dribble. double dribble. Yeah. Oh, Bad God. moves, okay. Paul. Paul probably did that <laughs> up and down the court. No use for him. <laughs>
0: So at this point, the cops are like, "This guy is shady as fucking hell," and they enlist the help of the district attorney's office and they bring him in for an interrogation. And we get to see it, which is my favorite thing.
1: Right. And now he has a different story about the black guy. Right. Uh, when he talks to the DA, he tells them he got the black guy by working on his truck, Paul. I please. know.
0: And my favorite thing, I love when cops do this. They're like, "You totally didn't do this. I know you're not responsible uh-huh. for what happened." But like, if you had to guess what, yeah,
1: happened, what do you think
0: happened? What do you think? And like, Paul takes the bait because he's such a fucking idiot. He's
1: like, "Well." Oh, thanks so much for asking. Yeah. I am a genius. Totally.
0: Um, I would say, like, someone who she hitched with or something abducted or something, you know? investigators weren't buying that. Paul, they've talked to everybody at the party, everybody knows she was fucking blacked out face down in the front yard, and now you're you're giving a hitchhiking story.
1: Right, so also, you're lying. Can we
0: talk about yeah. how fucking his face, you just want to bash it in with a frying pan? Yeah. His face is so, he's like this like blonde white kid, and he's got that smarmy as the only It's the preppy murder thing yes, again. Yes, yes. He know? thinks he can get away with anything.
1: And he's such an asshole, and like, what's also more infuriating is that this is the last time he sat down with investigators. Uh-huh. He tells this bullshit story, story number three about the black guy that makes no sense that is yeah. also him so obviously lying and that's it now here's the thing
0: it is fine to lawyer up and not talk to investigators if you didn't do it you
1: know what I and mean you should lawyer up all, all the first always. word yes. out of your mouth should be lawyer, lawyer. and then you keep your mouth shut yes. always yes but like
0: the, really the reason he doesn't talk to the cops again is because the cops fucked this whole thing up yeah it's the cops fault
1: they did yeah and Josh will tell you Josh may. Oh. <laughs> So the sheriff's department finally gets around to searching the dorms. And remember, it was Memorial Day weekend when this party happened. It was yeah. the last weekend. So what happens is everyone went home for the summer and the dorms were all cleaned they, out.
0: They don't go and try to search the rooms until 4 fucking weeks later. Yeah. These rooms are cleaned top to bottom and the sheriff is here to say like we lost valuable evidence.
1: They're totally sanitized, they're reset yeah. for the, if they have summer sessions or whatever like everything is gone.
4: But Chris the podcaster says four cadaver dogs alerted to the scent of human decomposition in Paul Flores' bedroom and only Paul Flores' bedroom out of all the dorms on campus.
1: Come on. I mean,
0: we know he did it and, like, the cops know he did it and the problem is for 25 fucking years they can't prove it because it took too long for them to get started because they thought she was camping with her girlfriend.
1: Exactly. It's infuriating. And speaking of infuriating, Paul's parents are here on the scene.
0: (laughs) Ruben and Gloria, what the fuck is her name? I think Susan. She's a Gloria if ever there was
1: one. Which is like, if you're Gloria, great, great. but (laughs) just Gloria, we don't (laughs) mind. So they search the home of Ruben Flores, who's Paul's father. Yeah. And the first thing they find is newspaper clippings of the case.
4: They found newspaper clippings about this case, and they said, well, we were just saving those because it was a girl he went to school with.
2: Suspicious, maybe. But nothing close to tying Paul to any crime.
0: No, listen, it's another thing that makes them look super guilty. And the parents are like, oh, there was a girl that he went to school with. We thought it was interesting. We kept like it's just a lie, and it's just more evidence that they're involved, but the cops can't do anything about it. And
1: it's also plausible deniability. Of course. Is it weird? But yeah. is it like if they were really close, maybe you would keep that story to keep track because it's a mystery and you right. care about this person, yeah. you know? But there's no evidence whatsoever tying Paul to the crime. And meanwhile, the smart family is working tirelessly to find Kristen, searching constantly. Can
0: I just interrupt to say sure. one thing? Of course. What you said is exactly what they said, and it's true. Yeah. There is no evidence, but there was. Of course. You know what I mean? Right. This is a case of like they didn't get there in time to get the evidence because they didn't start looking. They don't early have enough. the
1: evidence because they didn't get the evidence. Exactly. You know what I mean?
0: Like, we all know the evidence existed. Sure. They just didn't get it. Exactly. So, which is even for Dateline to say there's no evidence tying him to the crime. No, 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 there is. Right. They just right. didn't get it. There was. There was. Past like yeah.
1: at this moment, four weeks later, yes. there's no evidence right. because they slept on
0: it. And we know that, that evidence was there. You know, you know Josh I mean?
1: fought for that. Josh fought for that in the script. He was overruled. You got to pick your battles. He will respond with his face. No, those
0: podcasters are going to cover this. The gay one's not going to let that one slide. Josh, we got you. He's going to come for us on it. We got
1: your back, Josh. (laughs) We know you would never. We know you would never. We totally trust you. So Kristen has been missing for a year.
3: So about a year into the investigation, it seems that the sheriff's office is hitting some roadblocks. And the then sheriff at the time, Ed Williams, gives a statement to the Tribune newspaper about the state of the investigation, and if Paul doesn't talk to them and doesn't give them answers from that night, then they're not going to have any luck with this case.
0: Who the fuck is the... This is not the good sheriff that we have now. This is, like, the sheriff at the time in the 90s. And it's like, who the fuck says to to our prime suspect. Right. We've got nothing on you. Keep living your life, if, asshole. If you ever decide you want to come in and admit to this murder, we're open for business. Yeah, but at five we're done <laughs> for the day. Like, who
1: does that? What? I was like, what? It doesn't what? make
0: any sense to me. And to
1: just say, like, outright, I, I had to rewind it two or I know. three times. I was like, did he say, are the I captions know. wrong? Like, what's because going on? They tell us that they yeah.
0: held a press conference to say to Paul Flores, we don't have anything.
1: What you could have said was nothing. Right. At the very least, you could have said nothing. I mean, it's
0: just like, they Hold a press conference to tell them that they have nothing. It it makes no sense. And
1: Paul is living his life working at Blockbuster, working at restaurants, <laughs> and the smart family Excuse you. What? He was
0: a he worked at a Coca-Cola bottling factory, to which I said, Is this Laverne and Shirley? What year is this? <laughs> Chaville. Chaville. <laughs> Is that not fully automated at this point? We still have people bottling the Coke? In 96? I don't know. I'm glad. I give the jobs to the people. Yeah. But that just surprised me.
1: Blockbuster I mean, video. <laughs> wow, what a difference. Remember?
0: Oh, do I remember? Blockbuster,
1: Oh, my right? God. Wow, what a difference. So the Smart family, of course, is over it. yeah. And they're like, you know what? Sheriff, you're not doing it. We're going to do it because these poor people can't sleep or rest. So they sue Paul Flores.
0: Yeah, and this turns out to be a very smart idea. So we meet their attorney, Jim Murphy, and I kind of fucking love this guy because they decide to bring a civil suit so that he can depose the Flores family. It's a wrongful
1: death suit, right? Yeah, yeah. So Paul and his family are deposed. Paul is Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Which,
0: why is this allowed? It makes me crazy. And, like, I I guess we learn that he takes the Fifth because anything, that he says in this deposition could be used against him in a criminal case like down the road watching him take the fifth amendment is so infuriating until the lawyer says
3: i didn't expect any answers i want
6: him to look into my face because i'm the guy who keeps telling everybody that you're never going to get away with it paul
1: you're never going to get
0: away with it. So, this. like, that's cool that it wasn't about answers. It was about intimidation, which yeah. I kind of love.
1: And it was getting them all to talk, like Susan, yeah. his mother.
0: Oh, my God. You
1: <laughs> Real piece of work, this one. Real. She wouldn't last a minute.
0: No. She uh, comes to this deposition with a water bottle full of vodka. You cannot tell me that that's not some Smirnoff.
1: I mean,
3: ugh.
6: Have you ever asked your son questions about whether or not he was involved in the death of Kristen Smart?
3: We've never discussed it as a death. Disappearance.
1: Well, we never discussed it as a death. It was always a disappearance.
0: It was a smart answer, but it makes me crazy.
1: I didn't like her tone. I know. Because then the lawyer, Jim's like, all right, I'm asking you. And you get the sense that we're, this is like the eighth time he's asked her totally. this question. Somebody and we're says, just hearing one she of it. seems
0: less than fully cooperative.
1: So Jim's like, I'm asking you, yeah. who is your attorney? Now, Sue is about to take a sip of water totally. mid-question and stops. And she goes, and I prefer not to let you know.
2: I'm asking you, who is your attorney?
1: I prefer not to let you
3: know.
0: You can't even say the name of your lawyer? It just means she doesn't have one. You know what I mean? Like, that's an insane thing to be like, I'm just not going to tell you the name of my... It's so petty. Then who petty. coached her? I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe this isn't the first time they've been like brought up on murder charges. I
1: guess, but Josh is like, Jillian, enough about Sue, because it's all about Reuben. the oh, father, God. right? yes. So he's asked...
0: Has your son ever told you that he did not
4: kill Kristen Smart? We never asked that
0: question,
1: Reuben takes a long pause. (laughs) It's all in the pause.
0: It's all in the pause, which of course they fucking have. It's an outright lie. The attorney comes right back and says, if that had happened in front of a jury, that pregnant pause would have been viewed as evidence of involvement. Yes. Like, he was so caught off guard because he doesn't want to lie under oath. And
1: he's like, how do I say this? Uh Uh-huh. How do I answer this in a way Uh that won't incriminate
0: me? Exactly.
1: So the investigators are like, "All right, we know what happened. Ruben helped Paul hide Kristen's body after he killed her. He needed a car, his dad had one, and that's the Ruben connection, according to the investigators.
0: And here's my question about the planet Earth. Why oh. <laughs> why is nobody ever paying attention? What they're saying is that the dad came to the dorm and helped Paul smuggle a body out of his fucking dorm room. Yeah. I believe that that is what happened. Yeah. How did nobody see that? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't
1: know. Because you think you could say, oh, in the middle of the night, it's a college campus. It's it's the end of the year. Kids are out all night. And I mean no disrespect to Christians, but how long can you have a body
0: in your dorm room before it starts to smell. That's gotta be pretty quick. It's
1: gotta be immediate. You know? You have to remove the body immediately. Like, we
0: are talking about going down several flights of stairs with a fucking body wrapped in a carpet and those or something? college
1: dorms, like, everyone is always in the hallway. I like, know. Like, did he not have roommates? Oh, I know. Like, how did this not, unless he took her somewhere, unless, right. Unless. but then the, there was, the dogs hit that there was In her no room, way, like, the body position. had to have been
0: in there. Although, I don't always trust the dogs.
1: Yeah, but they hit on something in his room and exactly. every other room on campus. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, what I'm really saying is that, like, I'm disappointed in America because, like, a body was smuggled out of a room and nobody saw. Nobody noticed.
1: And so, yeah. God.
2: The depositions provided a lot to interpret, but not hard evidence to move the case forward. Jim Murphy would eventually withdraw the lawsuit while his team
0: gathered more evidence.
1: So it's yeah. great that we have the deposition, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to shift gears. I
0: do love that they just hired this guy to yell at Paul Flores. Like, and that was to, the that
1: Yeah, was to, the get, to get them on camera being yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> like, we never asked.
0: Just to get that one video of the mother Gloria or whatever the A hell back, her name is.
1: Susan. I don't know where you're gonna, you <laughs> I keep just keep going to You going right her. to Gloria <laughs> for some reason. Who,
0: what Gloria hurt you? Nobody. Who is she? I love Gloria's. I just, like, she I just no fun at a party about to take a sip yeah you know she loves an apple martini
1: loves which is like fine but don't be garbage (laughs) about it it's all very simple
2: in 2002 the smarts made a wrenching decision they wanted to ensure Kristen's case was a murder investigation and so they had her officially declared dead that didn't seem to work either
0: So in 2002, the smarts make the gut-wrenching decision to have Kristen officially declared dead. But even with that, the investigation fizzles.
1: And meanwhile, Paul's parents buy him this nice new apartment in L.A. He's drinking, partying, getting DUIs. Yeah. There are police reports about Paul, quote, struggling with a woman. He's like
0: cruising the bars in his fucking neighborhood. He moved to Southern California to get as far away from this as possible. And it's just like, these parents know, like, I'm sorry, I'm a parent. If I knew that Daisy killed somebody, I I would turn her in. You say this every time. I would never stop loving her. I would visit her every I would move to the town that she was in prison. But like I would fucking turn her in. Who
1: does this? Yeah.
0: Would you? Really? If you killed somebody, I would turn you in. Oh, I wouldn't tell on you. <laughs> I would hope that you would. Like, come on. You know no, what I mean? No, I
1: know. All jokes aside, of course. Like, I, you know. The yes. other
0: thing is, like, this ruins everybody's life. Paul Flores isn't having a happy life. His parents aren't having a happy life. Like, this ruined everybody's life.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad his life is ruined. Exactly. That's the silver lining here. So remember Ian? The sheriff. Yeah. So he, at this point in 2002, he ran for sheriff. And mm-hmm. he promises to get to the bottom of this case within his first year. That didn't happen. His first year or his second year or years following
0: yeah but this is when the podcaster gets involved let the podcasters do the work
4: (laughs) i'm retracing missing cal poly student kristen smart's last known steps
2: chris launched his podcast in 2019 through his research hard work and calm unhurried voice a lot of people around here either learned about or remembered the story of the girl on the billboard and the story of the man suspected of taking her away.
0: I love that the sheriff couldn't figure it out but the podcaster did I
1: know podcasting is powerful I know it really is it's really powerful so like just for the timeline of it in 2002 Ian becomes sheriff and makes all these promises I'm sure he tried but like it's not happening by 2019 the podcast Your Own Backyard starts and so now the Kristen Smart case is back in the public eye more than it ever was
0: I mean in such a big way Your Own Backyard was huge for like a year and
1: like for 17 years Sheriff Ian was like I promise this This is the Uh year, and then Chris Lambert comes along with his podcast. Because
0: it's crowdsourcing. People knew shit. You know what I mean?
2: How
4: many people contacted you and said, I have some personal knowledge of this case? I think hundreds, if not thousands by this point. And so
2: Chris included stories in his podcast of people who'd crossed paths or swords with Paul Flores. Uh,
0: And all of it was just dirt on Paul.
1: (laughs) Again, everybody hates Paul and that's great. And the stories we hear are horrifying.
0: I mean, we get this one story that like Paul was swimming in a pool with a bunch of other kids and he fights with some girl and then he's holding this girl underwater trying to fucking drown her. Yeah, fun
1: stories like that is I what mean, Chris was hearing. I'm just
0: saying that like if I was the parent that pulled Paul off of my daughter, I would be in prison because he would be dead. He would
1: be dead. And his nickname was Scary Paul. I know.
0: Come on. Which I thought we could do better than that. Pervy Paul. Come on. Look,
1: but he was scary. And Pervy. And Pervy. <laughs> he was a total creep. And again, like you said, no one wanted to be alone with him. And someone says you didn't want your friends getting drunk around. No.
2: An ex-girlfriend of Paul's told Chris about an incident that happened after Paul had
0: been drinking.
6: And he had like a butter knife and he like held it to my neck and I was screaming. And my roommate actually kicked down the door to make him stop.
0: And her roommates had to break the door down to save her from him. Like over and over and over again, there are opportunities to fucking send this guy away. Right. You know what I mean? He hates
1: women so much. And Josh is like, he sees women as prey. And that's exactly right. And maybe
0: it's just because I'm a parent now, but like, can we go back to the moment where you're holding the kid under fucking water? I know. I would have had him sent away so fast. (laughs) It's
1: so scary. Like, how old were they? It could have been high school. It's all bad. Yeah. In the podcast, you
0: hear that girl tell the story.
1: How old were they?
0: I don't remember and she's fine now, but like Right, it right, was. Right. They were kids. They were. They were terrifying. like, you know, probably ten or whatever. Terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. He's a monster.
1: He's a monster. And so we meet a woman who knew Paul in 2015, and her identity is concealed, but she's going by the name Sam.
0: Yeah,
2: it was late. Sam says, and she was tipsy and waiting for a ride when Floris approached her.
6: He asked if he could take me home. Um, you know, like I could take you home. It's you know, it's fine. And. Um, He was very persistent. You'd never seen this guy before? No. Describe him. He was awkward and he seemed um, meek.
0: And like, she's saying she kind of felt bad for him. Like, you know, he's offering her a ride. She didn't want to be weird. She's a little hungry, to be honest. Yeah. And they like go to a restaurant where they like have food. And like from the second she's with him, she can kind of tell that like, ugh. She doesn't feel unsafe at first, but like she just is like, oh, I'm with this weird nerd. She just wants
1: the night to be over. Like she just wants to be home and like putting her moisturizer on. Who doesn't want to hit the Denny's
0: for the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity at two in the morning? Like I want that right now.
1: I think that's IHOP Rudy Tootie. I'll
0: take it wherever I could get it. I think be. Denny's
1: does moons <laughs> over my hammy.
0: <laughs> Wait, did I tell you that at, at the IHOP they won't give you the Rudy Tootie? You have you to say th- the whole you thing. You have to say the Rudy Tootie Fresh if you try to short it to the Rudy Toots. Yeah, I you going to say get- Rudy Toots.
1: <laughs> Rudy Tootie, you're Fresh and getting- Rudy or Bust. Yeah. <laughs> that's it no Rudy Toots for you Sam is like Ugh. all she wants to do is go home get her moisturizer on her pajamas uh-huh. whatever so she she makes a point to say she stopped drinking at this point she's yes. just drinking water she's kind of just like killing time yes. until this is all over Yeah. but she agrees to go back to his place because she doesn't really know how to get out of it Like she, uh-huh. you can tell she's like a nice person and she's kind of like alright maybe she'll get another ride from there uh-huh. it's just sort of like she doesn't really know
6: and I thought what in the world did you get yourself into
2: She says that on his couch, she tried to think of an exit strategy.
6: It's very awkward. Um, I don't want to hurt his feelings, and I, I want to keep myself safe, so I don't want to... Upset him.
0: What she's saying is, if I upset him, I might be unsafe.
1: Right. So something clicked where it went from awkward and meek and yeah. feeling bad for him yep. to like negotiating with herself and trying to strategize yep. how to get out of this situation. And
0: yes. And so, like, they get to his house, and she describes it as like a hoarding nightmare. Yeah. She like opens the door, and it's like floor to ceiling papers and newspapers. I'm like, oh god, how many of those are about the like, Kristen fucking Smart I know, case? I know. How terrifying would that be to like be in some boy's house that you don't want to be there? And then you see all these articles about, like, a murdered girl. And
1: remember, it's 2015. Yeah. So, like, I think you're absolutely right that it could be stories about her. That's so scary. And
0: she's just, like, she says, she's sitting there on the couch being like, what did you get yourself into? Like, how do I get out of this?
1: And she's like, we're just talking. He's not being aggressive at Uh all. He goes to get her some more water, and she wants to leave. But she says, like, she's, like, drinking the water, and they're on the couch, and they're just talking. And she's like, I don't know why, Josh. She's telling Josh Mankiewicz. She's like, he's not
6: aggressive or anything, but I know that I wanted to leave, and I don't know why I didn't muster up the energy or voice I want to go, which... Because you would have had no trouble saying that. Ne- never. I'm very, um, I'm feisty. If I don't like something, you'll know.
1: She goes, Josh, don't get twisted. I'm feisty. That's what she says. She goes, I'm feisty. If I don't like something, you'll know. And she's like, I just can't. Like, my body just won't get there.
0: My energy won't get there. My brain won't get there. And then she says, like, all of a sudden, they're in the bedroom having relations that she's, quote, not participating in. Right. I think that Josh Mankowicz handles this all very delicately and very well. And he's saying, so, like, is he forcing himself on you? And she says, no, I'm just lying there not doing anything. She's just, like, feeling, like, not in her own body and
1: she says I want this to be over I want to go home and she says I don't know why Josh I never vocally said no Uh or stop she goes I couldn't I don't know why I just I couldn't get it out there and she says she passes out she wakes up hours later feeling groggy and then she goes home and tries to forget about it but then a couple years later, your own backyard starts blowing up.
0: Right. And so she hears about Paul Flores and all these stories. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, she looks it up. And she's like, that's that's the fucking creepy guy that took me to the dentist for the Rudy
1: Toots. Really?
0: And then, like, took me back to his
1: place. Right.
0: And, and all horse- I had
1: was water, but I couldn't move my body. And, like, I had this horrible situation. So we'll get back to Sam in yeah. a minute. Yes. But Chris is getting all of this amazing information from the podcast. And he's sending it all to law enforcement. Right. And Josh says something where I went, er. He goes, search <laughs> warrants were issued. I know what you're going to say.
2: And in 2020, search warrants were served on four of the Flores family properties. Sheriff Ian Parkinson spoke with us before a gag order was imposed in the case.
1: What he doesn't say is all four of them. Are there more than four properties? But also, how do they have four homes? Four homes. I only have one. At least four homes. Because I feel like Josh would say all four of their properties. Yes, totally. He didn't say all. No.
0: (laughs) What does this mean? What has Ruben Flores done right in his life that he has four fucking houses? So
1: I'm thinking... It's their house. Uh-huh. Josh's apartment. Well, we, they,
0: they're not married anymore. They live in two separate homes.
1: Okay, so that's one home, two homes. And then Paul's. That they bought for him. Yep, so that's three. And then some vacation home, probably. I mean, four.
0: Homes? That's just crazy. It's a lot
1: of properties. It's a
0: lot of, well, it's also a lot of different places the body could be moved.
1: Exactly. So they start searching the four properties and yeah. they, those searches start in 2020 and then they do another one in 2021. And by the time 2021 rolls around, they're digging.
3: We've been seeing them use cadaver dogs as well as ground penetrating radar.
2: Once again, no body was found. And when that search concluded, the normally camera shy Reuben. Took KSBY reporter Megan Healy on a tour.
0: The home where they were digging, they leave without saying anything to like the gathered press, which makes it seem like they didn't find anything. Mm. Put a bit in that. Suddenly, Ruben Flores, who never talks to anybody, is giving this reporter a tour of the
1: property. (laughs) And Susan is on camera too. And she's like, we're unfairly targeted. And you know, Paul's a victim too. They took Paul's life away from him. To which I say, Susan, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) My son. A victim too. I yeah, know. if he didn't do it, then he would be a victim. But he did it, and you know he did.
0: This is why, by the way, I would turn Daisy in. I love my daughter, but I'm getting back to my life. Like their entire I was say, life- what for the press <laughs> for the podcast for the interview? Yeah, yeah for the content for the press. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like all of their lives ended the day that Kristen's did. They all yeah. have spent all of their lives managing this crisis, and for the evil of it all. And by the way, I don't remember. I think it was in the podcast. Kristen Smart's parents reached out to the Flores parents over and over and over again like mother to mother please Uh like you know bring some closure to this the Floress were horrible to the smarts Uh, mean either didn't respond or responded with like don't ever contact us again like that kind of shit that's guilty it's guilty and it's cruel and they are evil fucking people
1: yeah they're not good people no like none of them (laughs) really like they're bad people yes so then because of the podcast and also Sheriff Parkinson's office has been consistently working on this case just like he promised yeah and now 25 years after Kristen goes missing, Paul Flores is arrested and charged with her murder. And Ruben, the father, is charged as an accessory.
0: Now, I got to tell you, for those of us who, like, I've known about this case before Chris Lambert's podcast, yeah. but I really followed it after the podcast. This was breaking news. I know, truly. This was cra- and, like, Chris Lambert could not put episodes together fast enough. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. made two episodes when this happened. I'm, like, constantly refreshing my feed, trying yeah. to get all the info. <sighs> this was a... St- Stunning moment when Paul Flores was finally arrested.
1: Right, and the dad too. Right, because they're saying that Reuben, the father, helped him dispose of the body.
0: Because what they're saying is, when they did that dig on the property, and they left as though they found nothing. The state revealed what that
2: dig turned up from under the Flores deck: staining in the dirt that tested positive for human blood, suggesting that a body was kept there for a while.
0: A body had been there, but
4: was not there anymore.
0: They wanted to do a DNA test, but they if the blood was too degraded. They couldn't actually match it to a person. Right. But it's a good place to start.
1: And what they're saying is that the evidence suggests that a body was kept there. Yes. And, and then, then that moved. body's not there yeah. anymore.
0: It was crazy. Chris Lambert, during the podcast, when we knew this was going to happen, but before the arrest was made, he was like, if anyone sees the fucking Flores family driving around at two in the morning, maybe follow them. Yeah. Because they might be, like, taking a body and, like, moving it again. All
1: eyes on the Flores family. I mean, like, it was
0: very much, like, watch them to see if they're moving. A totally. body. It was this the <gasps> phenomenon of this podcast was crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. So then they it goes to court and the defense attorney is like grasping
1: at all kinds of straws. He's like
2: The Flores's attorney said the prosecution simply didn't have enough of a case. And if a murder had been committed, the defense says it could have been any number of other people. Even Scott Peterson, a Cal Poly student when Kristen disappeared. He was later convicted of killing his wife, Lacey in 2004.
1: If I <laughs> See Scott Peterson's dumb face one more time in my life.
0: Like it's an interesting coincidence that Scott Peterson was at Cal Poly the same time that Kristen Smart was. There's no evidence they ever met. Scott Peterson didn't fucking No, do the this. judge
1: throws it out immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the defense, again, another straw they try to get their mitts on. They want to subpoena Chris the podcaster, right, right. saying that he influenced witnesses. The judge was like, girl, please. <laughs> Everyone went to Chris. Everyone exactly. called Chris. Totally. And so the trial is set for April 25th, 2022 too, like, right around the corner. Yeah.
0: The other really sad thing that we've learned is that, like, there are potentially more victims, even if not, like, victims of murder, victims of his, of Paul Flores' sexual assaults. Because
1: they're also charging Paul with attempted rape.
0: Yes. Because when they searched his house, they found, like, a trove of uh. videotapes of him having sex with women who are very clearly very under the influence of drugs or alcohol. So,
1: rape rape videos is what rape they videos. are. Let's call them what they are, Dayline. Yes,
0: rape videos. And this is where Sam, we're back to Sam, the woman who went for the Rudy Toots? Yeah. With him at 2 in the morning? Yeah. She's like,
6: Oh my gosh, now it all makes sense why everything happened the way it did. Paul gave her water at his place. And I don't know if anything was in there, but by 4 o'clock in the morning after having my last drink at 1 and eating, um, I should have been able to say I want to go home.
1: All of these stories are coming out that he was meeting and drugging and raping women for the last 25 years. And she realizes that's what happened to her. And she's putting the pieces together. And, like, Josh, again, handles it very well. It's a very delicate conversation to have and he handles it excellently. So Paul Flores is fucking trash. And Josh is like, what does justice look like here? (laughs) Maybe we could have had it if they searched her goddamn dorm room for five seconds. it's
0: unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And he, like, really comes for the cops who were dragging their feet on this. He's just like, you know what?
2: So go ahead and question not just the pace of justice, but whether that's even the right word for any of this. What does justice look like here? Maybe the answer is something that hasn't happened yet. That would be a family finding their daughter and
0: at last
2: laying her to rest.
1: I don't know. Call me. I'm here. I'm Josh on Dateline. You know,
0: that's the thing, because the trial is set for April 25th. The defense tried to get it thrown out. The judge is like, no, it's no. happening. And who knows if there won't be some sort of deal struck right. where if they take them to the body, maybe they get some sort of reduced sentence.
1: Right. Or some kind of delay. Like, who knows? Yeah. Right now it says April 25th, but yeah. I don't know. We'll keep you posted. We will.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you'll keep us posted,
1: too. We'll sure. know about it.
0: Everyone looked to Chris Lambert for answers. Yes, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, girl, we did Dateline, The Vanishing of Kristen Smart. Yeah. I begged for this one. I yeah. really, really wanted to do this. Yeah,
1: I'm glad we did. It's such a crazy... It's, it's like, crazy
0: and sad. I really love... It's not about this, but this is a really positive thing. And, like, the power of podcasting. Truly, we make a truly. silly podcast. I think our podcast has a lot of benefits. I love that we make people laugh. But, yeah. like, podcasting can really do serious, powerful things like solve murders sometimes.
1: Yeah, when you're really drawn to doing good work like this, and yes. you were you were an audio engineer, and you never researched a crime in your life and now look and now here you are it's really beautiful
0: also you guys All right, here we go come see us on tour we're going to Chicago Boston Seattle Los Angeles I think in that actual order I think so too we're covering Class Action Park tickets are on sale they're going fast if you've never seen us live it is such a fun experience it's really fun it's very community come alone don't be afraid you're going to meet your best friends it's such a fun time Also, come see us at Obsessed Fest, you guys. The weekend of September 30th, Columbus, Ohio. Tickets are on sale. Tickets really are selling out. So get your tickets. It's going to be TCO live shows, OWD live shows, meet and greets, hangouts, panels. Robbie is coming. We're announcing the other live shows very soon. Nice. We're announcing the other non-network guests, like famous podcasters that are coming as well. Oh,
1: so fun. And we're going to be on Broadway April 11th. Oh, my goodness. I know. Ah,
0: Listen, if you got your tickets and you can't come, get in the Facebook group. Find the pinned post. Get your tickets to somebody else. They will pay you the ticket price for them. I want every seat full. I will not accept anything less.
1: Yes, Sasha's in there, and they're highly moderating the ticket yes. sales. So yes. reach out to them. And if you have help. them, they will be unloaded. Girl, what are we doing next? We're doing the second half of this very Dateline episode. So yes. it's uh, the Murdoch saga, or however they call it. I know nothing
0: about this. Oof, Is it bananas?
1: It's bananas. <laughs> now, I have some friends who are from South Carolina, and uh-huh. they know about this. And they, they told me how to say certain things, like it's Alec and it's Murdoch, and it's a oh. whole thing. So they know all about it. Okay, then. All my friends down South Carolina.
0: So, fam, stay tuned for the trailer for that. Our funny and hilarious outtakes, right. and we love you. We love you. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. bye. The killing of Alec Murdoch's wife and son. Alec
3: Murdoch, double murder mystery.
6: The desperate search to find suspects. A saga surrounding a prominent and powerful family in South Carolina.
5: You're talking five bodies in a six year period of time. Something fishy about this thing. Something's going
6: on. I didn't understand why they weren't being questioned or investigated.
4: I hope that we were instrumental in causing people to take a deeper dive on this thing.
5: This is a living, ongoing nightmare for the people who live here. It hurts
6: down to the soul. We just need peace.
0: food science is that like a cooking degree which is great but like food science
1: I used to know the answer to this oh did you (laughs) I know someone who's a food stylist
0: oh my god really yes
1: for like magazine (laughs) stuff and TV and movies no that's
0: fine that that makes sense I understand that that's a job food science
1: though okay yeah I'm just saying there's a real logical answer and it's (laughs) it's right out of my head
0: Do you think being married to me is amazing?
1: I amazing, amazing can mean many things, so yes. That's a hard yes. You basically
0: are married to me. How's it going?
1: It's going really well, actually. <laughs> I love it. I think we balance each other out uh, nicely then we true. both go home to the people we're actually attracted true. to I think it works why are they down in there yeah I
0: didn't tell you that I had a huge Red Bull before we started
1: oh I got that okay. I gathered it like,
0: I had one of those Red Bulls and I was like oh this is so big I'll never drink this and I drank the whole thing
1: no you sound like you're on 1.5 even okay. in my headphones yeah. which is fine I'm sorry everybody that Red Bull's really hitting me right now I gotcha it's all
6: good. <laughs>